Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Talk and Shop. This is the official podcast of the FSBU and Florida Flambeau student, uh, sports section. Uh, as always, my name is Logan Grutchfield. I am the host for this year. And joining me today is uh, Max Escarpio, who is uh, part of Tomahawk Talk and the uh, V89 sports gang. So uh, we've got a pretty good t- uh, team here. I have a voice for print, as you can tell, and Max has a face for radio, which is why he's involved with them. So um, not as much going on. Florida State going into a bye week this week. But uh, I think looking at the score that we had last week, uh, the Louisville game, the 48-16 final for Louisville just absolutely smoking the Seminoles was certainly not what I had in mind. I had uh, Jake Mossing on here last week, and I think we were both predicting a uh, uh, Seminoles win and that it wasn't even close. I mean, the Florida State scored the first touchdown of the game, and after that, there was no – it was not close. So I, I think there there was a lot a lot of issues that we could get into here. But I want to give Max an opportunity and say, Max, uh, was there anything really that, that stuck out to you a lot in that loss? I mean, you, when you see the game, you see Jordan Travis couldn't really throw the ball. He had run plays on him, and he looked at the first option, and he couldn't go anywhere. But our biggest – our biggest mistake was definitely our secondary. Their first, their number one receiver, Tutu Atwell, had 130 yards on a touchdown, and their running back absolutely killed us with 180 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that can't happen. Our defense was extremely poor. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I'm looking at and, uh, Tutu Atwell. He's getting 43 yards a touch. I mean, it's not like, you know, he's a – He's not an extremely vertical guy in had three receptions. situations like this. And, and we're just letting him get killed. Um, but, I mean, that does make a lot of sense. I looked at after the game some of the comments that um, the coordinators had made. And they said uh, for the defense, well, Adam Fuller, obviously Adam Fuller was not too happy with the way that game went. But um, he said the most persistent issues that he had seen – kind of seem to be dealing with secondary. So um, what – and, I mean, you kind of see it there. He said a lot of times he'd have guys that would see, you know, oh, the corner needs help or, you know, somebody's kind of out of position here, and they'd rush over to help them. And in the meantime, they'd just leave somebody wide open or, you know, that's how you give up a big play is because they're going – I mean, it's not, not for a bad reason necessarily. They're going over there to help out their teammates. But, I mean, when you're – then dropping the ball on your own assignment, you, you, you can't be doing that at all. So, I mean, that's how you get, I mean, just 569 total yards. Uh, one troubling statistic that I have seen is in every, I believe it was Warchant who put this out, uh, in every FBS game that Florida State has played this year, I mean, they started out with, I want to say 400-plus yards against Georgia Tech, a, a number that's not really, you know, it's it's okay, but it's not anything special. And that number of total yards allowed has only gone up, um, you, you know, game after game after game. So, I mean, I don't uh, – it's a good thing we're playing Pitt after the bye week is all I got to say. 
uh, with a, what looks like might be a second-string quarterback. But, I mean, with the way that this defense is played, I, I know one thing that I've talked about. I want to just ask you, Max, your, your thoughts on this, is I have been saying I cannot figure out this defense. You know, they have games where, I mean, they give up a ton of yards a game, but they were able to hold North Carolina down in the first half, you know, ultimately beat them 28 points, I believe, was what they put up. Nothing too ridiculous. Um, and then Georgia Tech, I mean, the offense was MIA in that game. But, I mean, they were still able to hold Georgia Tech, shut them out in the first half, and then, um, you know, lock them down for the rest of the game against Jacksonville State. They got it going in the second half. You know, so we're kind of seeing okay games mixed in here with just absolute clunkers like this one and the Miami game. Um, and I really cannot figure out whether or not this is a really uh, whether or not this is a good defense, you know. Um, and after seeing a game like this, I, I have a hard time saying yes when I was saying yes in previous weeks. I mean, I mean, what do you think? I think the talent is there, but they're not quick. I mean, when you looked at the North Carolina game and looked at the Georgia Tech game, which both games we had a, a very close uh, competitive game you look at Sam Howell and he couldn't throw the ball he literally couldn't throw the ball against us unless until um it brought into the fourth quarter where he started throwing it and he started running it and he was getting his options but he couldn't throw the ball against us and our corners were carrying us and our defense was supposed to be our best option coming into the season with Marvin Wilson Jr. and our star corner but that doesn't look the part right now yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, Asante Samuel still, I, I think he's been the one really, really solid spot on this team. Um, I mean, he's at least come up with the big, splashy plays. You know, I, I, he's had quite a few interceptions already on the year. And I remember seeing at least last week or the week before that, you know, path, uh, for the teams Florida State had played against, the quarterback rating of passers throwing in Asante Samuel's direction was lower than if they had just thrown the ball into the ground, you know. So he's clearly got the same talent that his dad had at UCF. I mean, he's, he's, he's got the skill. There, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the same thing with Marvin Wilson. He's got the skill. It's just, you know, they're not clicking. It doesn't seem like they're clicking a whole lot as a team effort. And again, that lines up with what um, with what Adam Fuller was saying after the game. He said he got a lot of guys that, especially after they kind of fell down, were wanting to just make a huge play. They were kind of getting really, you know, fired up about the possibility of making a huge play, making a huge hit, make it, getting a turnover, or, you know, get something like that. And then, as a result, their overall play suffered significantly. So, um, I mean, it just, I think the point I'm trying to make there is this still seems to be a team that does not control their emotions very well. Um, I mean, they, they just kind of let game circumstances in, in bad situations just totally, totally spiral. I, I think we saw that for sure in the Miami game. Uh, we almost saw that happen at, at Jacksonville State. I mean, that first half was disastrous. Um, and I think 
you know, when things get tough, this is a team that really kind of starts to see things go sideways. That's where they start drawing penalties. That's where they start giving up bigger and bigger and bigger plays. And it's just, it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, what, what have you seen on that? I mean, this team chemistry, it, it still certainly seems like a work in progress for Nor- Norvell. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely given up big plays, but we don't look like we're a team. And we were playing man coverage against Louisville, and it looked like we were getting absolutely racked. The, cor- the corners were had no help. The safeties wouldn't help them. They wouldn't come to the coverage. And when they would, they'd be 10 yards from the red zone. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I, I, I think I, I got to make a disclaimer there. We did not have Renato Green, the usual starting safety, so, I mean, I think the team was just a little bit more, you know, they definitely didn't have their usual guys who they could be as, as reliant on. Um, and then I think, you know, the linebackers play, I, I think the linebackers actually stepped up, you know, did pretty well. Um, I mean, Emmett Rice and Amari Gaynor, as usual, had solid games. But, you know, I, I think Louisville figured out, and they unfortunately have, I think, some of the best possible personnel and just fast, explosive receivers, and a quarterback like Malik Cunningham, who's so unpredictable that, you know, if he's not going to burn you for a 40-yard pass down the field and you can't get to him quick enough, he'll just burn you with his legs. So, I mean, he's kind of keeping everybody on their toes, and as a res- but he's still able to make big passes, certainly more consistently than Jordan Travis, Um and I think that, you know, they've got, they kind of had the perfect storm just to absolutely manhandle the, this Florida State defense. Um, it was a rough, rough showing overall. And, yeah, our uh, defense looked, our defense, our defensive line looked extremely poor, but their offensive line really made holes for their running backs and really gave their, their QB a good time. Yeah. No, same exact thing. And, I mean, that's kind of the – it's been the – you know, with the exception of, like, the UNC game, which is where it seemed like everything was for once in a while clicking, um, you know, they seemed like they had the defensive line firing on all cylinders. They were able to create pressure on Howell, and I think that was why he wasn't able to throw as effectively as he had against these other ACC teams was because he's getting flushed out. He's having to run left, run right. I mean, when you're running for your life, it's obvious. You know, you're not going to be thrown as well as uh, you ordinarily would. So, um, and we, we definitely did not see that same push um, in, in this game. You know, so I think, and, and Malik Cunningham, he can do a little bit more, I think, with his legs than, than somebody like, you know, Jordan Travis might. But still, I mean, you kind of, when you start flushing them out and, start making the quarterback make a subpar decision or try to force something to avoid a sack or, you know, just avoid taking a big shot, you know, that's when you start getting plays that you can actually make big plays with. When you're trying to force something, which is what I think we saw a lot of out of this defense, um, that's that's where you start just having big issues, as, as we saw. I mean, just getting burned constantly. Um, you know, let me look at some of these scoring plays here. I mean, my gosh. Um, yeah, 70-yard rush by Hawkins, um, you know, and then the big 58-yard pass. That was just getting in the end zone. I know we saw plenty of plays where it was like if they weren't getting in the end zone, they're getting down to the three, four, five-yard line, and then it'll just hand the ball off to Hawkins, and that's, a, you know, just 
punch that thing in there, or you're good. So um, I think the defense, they definitely have got their work cut out for them and just stopping these big plays. Um, but, again, that's easier said than done. I think that also, I mean, if we can start seeing improvements on the, on the you know, just with the actual chemistry of this team. Um, once again, the statistic that really stuck out to me in this front was penalties. Um, Florida State and UCF, I, I was surprised to see UCF there, are the only teams in the FBS that have played more than one game, but they're the only teams that have had or averaged more than 10 penalties a game. Which, which is just absurd. I mean, that's where, you know, those are things that they just keep the defense on the field for longer. They hamstring, you know, your offensive drives and just kill your momentum. And so I think, um, and Max, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I think we'll probably be on the same page here is just, you know, limiting the big plays, working, you know, having the secondary start shutting people down a little more and avoiding – these silly penalties and things that just extend drives for the other team. I think those are going to be keys for Florida state as they move into the second half of the season. I mean, starting off with our rush defense, which was supposed to be the star in our team. We had JV and Hawkins go for 180 yards and three touchdowns, which is completely unacceptable. But talking about penalties with a first year coach, that's something that he needs to definitely give, tell the team. And that's something that he needs to force that we cannot have penalties and we cannot give our defense extra yards. We cannot give our offense extra time. of. Yeah, certainly. Um, and I think that it's, uh, to be fair to Mike Norvell, I don't think that this is uh, an issue that started with him. I think just, we, I mean, we've been here, we've watched Florida State football uh, during the Taggart era. And I think if there was one thing that you could describe these teams as, it was undisciplined. You know, they'd be having um, – I still remember, oh, my gosh, that the Louisville-Monroe game last year, there was that uh, – Dontavious Jackson, he had that just horrific – I mean, late hit to the head. You could tell he was just fired up and, you know, drilled the uh, running back in the head, gave Louisville-Monroe another 15 yards. They kicked the game-tying field goal. I mean, things like that are, I think, have been a major issue for this team for quite a while. Um, and I think that it's going to be a little bit of a more difficult fix um, than he might have bargained for. You know, because I, I think with the the Taggart teams, there was definitely guys that would just get – it was just too fired up to be on the field, period. Um, and then I think now turning the offense a little bit, um, what the offensive coordinator – he did have another nugget that really, I think, stuck out to me. And despite the really just poor performance that we saw in this game, I'm almost inclined to call this performance against Louisville a, a perfect storm just because of the personnel that they had. I think we're pretty well prepared to exploit an FSU defense um, just with the mobility that they had, just with the confusion that they create, and just with the talent that Malik Cunningham has as a, as a rusher and as a passer, um, I think really kind of threw this defense for a loop. But also what uh, the offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham, had to say. He said that um, Jordan Travis's health, I mean, as, as we saw in this game, he was clearly not 100%, only 14 for 32, um, and wasn't able to run a whole lot, which I think is a big, big part of his game. Um, 
if you can get them out on the on those designed runs, pick up you know fifteen twenty yards once a drive, that's really seemed to be a big big confidence boost for this offense and just keep the ball rolling. Um, but now Coach Dillingham says, oh, we were not able to do that as much as we would have liked at all because George Jordan Travis's health just isn't wasn't there at the time. So, I mean, and again, I think I sometimes come on and I'm a little too optimistic about what Florida State is doing. I'm maybe a little too willing to give them credit where credit may not be due. But I, I do think that, you know, having that part of the game plan snatched away, not having Tamori and Terry, who has clearly been a safety blanket for this team and can just stretch the field out vertically in a way that I don't know that any of our other receivers can on a consistent basis. Um, I think not having those factors on offense then amplify the defensive issues that we saw. And, uh, Max, I just want to ask you about that. Um, I mean, on the offense, was there much else that you saw that was an area of concern or an area that, um, you know, you felt pretty good about? I mean, you told me that our coach didn't have set plays, set rush plays for Jordan Travis, which he needs to get going, and he needs to have space in the pocket. And our third down efficiency was 7 for 18. Our fourth down, our fourth down efficiency was 1 for 5. How do you feel about that? Well, obviously – not great. Um, I think the fourth down thing doesn't tell the whole story. Just when you get down like that, you're going to be going for it on fourth down no matter what. And this also seems like a Louisville defense that clearly, I think, kind of figured out FSU and the disadvantage that they were at, especially with Travis. I think they kind of figured out, all right, we need to lock him up so he can't get out to run. I, I do think that, I mean, I'm looking right here at the uh, rushing attack. And they didn't seem like they had the easiest of times with the FSU rushing attack. So, I mean, I'm almost inclined to say, you know, what if they had just kind of pounded the ball um, early instead of forcing Jordan Travis to pass 32 times and Chava Purdy to go 0 for 9? I, I don't know what that was about. Um, you know, what if they had said, hey, Tof- Lawrence Tofili, you know, Damian Webb and Sean Corbin, I mean, they only had – 25 total rushing attempts in that game. And I understand they're trying to do it by committee. They're not trying to get too predictable on offense. You know, we're not doing like last year with the Cam Akers show is the whole game. But, I mean, I'm inclined to say what if they had been a little more reliant on the run from kind of the, the running back committee, you know, use that to just kind of get a little bit more stability. I don't want to say establish the run. I mean, I think that's not necessarily the goal of the offense, but at least give them another option instead of forcing Jordan Travis to just make intermediate passes, which I think he has shown he is not exceptionally skilled at. Um, And I think that they exploited that really well and were able to just force a ton of incompletions, force a ton of three and outs right there um, by doing that. Um, But one good note that I would like to – a couple good notes that I want to go out on maybe before we get into the rest of the team and, you know, what we can expect um, coming out of the bye here is um, first one comment from Mike Norvell that did stick out to me. He said that a lot of his players were shocked at being two and four. And personally, I was pleased with that. You know, I would rather hear that they're shocked at being two and four. The expectation that I had when I read that comment 
was that they were kind of resigned to being two and four, especially guys who had been on the team for a while. You know, especially guys like poor Marvin Wilson and Amari Gaynor who haven't, who probably signed here expecting Florida State to go to a national championship. They have not even been close um, in that duration. So I'm, I'm glad to hear, I mean, they were still expecting big things at this juncture, despite kind of the three years of constant disappointment uh, that has been going on, you know, while they've been here. Um, and then second, I think the offensive line, which has been a kind of constant source of just misery for this offense, seem to have a pretty solid game against Louisville, despite all of the, um, despite all the issues that Louisville was creating besides that. I mean, we only let Louisville sack quarterback twice. It was only three total quarterback hits. Um, obviously, Travis was inefficient as a passer. I don't know how much of that can be chalked up to him getting flushed out by the Louisville defense, but it at least seems like the linemen didn't let him get hit over and over and didn't make you know any health problems he had had. I know his hand was bothering him. They at least didn't exacerbate those. Yeah, our, so, offensive, I mean, our offensive line was definitely efficient in the game. I mean, they they blitz us a lot. Like they blitz us almost every single down, and we had an answer for it. Yeah, which is great to see, because I mean, this is for what seemed like the last four or five years. I mean, guys that like that, you know, they seem like they wear down later in the game. We saw that against North Carolina, despite the overall kind of good performance that they had. Uh, now, I do wish that there had been a, a similar defensive line performance. But I am glad to see, especially with a quarterback who's kind of fragile, like Jordan Travis, but I think he he needs to be the clear answer here. Um, or he's the clear starter, at least for the moment, barring a catastrophic performance. Um, I, I am pleased by a, a good offensive line. So um, I, I think overall, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on with the Louisville game? No, not with the Louisville game. I mean, our next two games are Pittsburgh and NC State. We have to make sure to do something with these two because after that, we play Clemson, and that's not going to look pretty. Yeah. Uh, I mean, unless I, – I, I, the only thing I can say, we did see that Trevor Lawrence was diagnosed with COVID-19 last night. Um, obviously, I'll be pulling for him. He's a, I mean, he's a great quarterback. He's a great guy. He's, he's pretty difficult to hate. I'm not going to lie, despite the fact that he plays for Clemson. Um, but, you know, who knows how, how that recovery process could, could go, quite honestly. Um, now, I, I expect that he will take it without a hitch. He's obviously in peak physical shape. But, and also, I don't think that this FSU team, unless they come out of the bye, you know, just playing like a team possessed, I do not think that, they'll be anywhere near it but i'm mean, just with the covid-19 element of this season who knows that that's you will see there but i i do agree with you i think pitt and i think nc state at the moment are games that are at least winnable i think especially this pitt game is very winnable for florida state and i'll be hoping that they can pull it out so um but anyways so i'm just thinking what are there any big improvements First of all, I think there's a lot of obvious answers here, but what are some particular improvements that you could say need to be made coming into this, um, coming into the 
uh, coming into the bye week, which I think came at a great time for Florida State. I mean, our offense definitely needs to be improved. Our defense looked weak in the in this game, but I don't think that's the problem with our team. And we look at Asante Sammy Jr. and Marvin Wilson Jr. and they can carry our team and they can create chemistry in the in their offense. But we have to have a set quarterback. We have to have set plays for him. And our our receivers definitely need to step up because our run defense, I mean our rush has been good, I guess, right now. And although they're running by committee, they're doing what they needed to be doing. So our pass game needs to get a lot better in my opinion. Because our Jordan Travis can definitely rush the ball, but to be able to rush the ball, you need to throw it downfield. Yeah, I, I, I agree on the passing front a lot. I think that, you know, if you're going to have kind of that wheel of fortune moment and say, all right, I'd like to solve the puzzle with this Florida State defense, what you're going to do is stop Jordan Travis running ball, first of all. Um, and make him throw, not deep, obviously, but make him throw kind of more than just, you know, short little drop-off passes to Lawrence Toafili or short little drop-off passes to Keyshawn Helton or short little drop-off passes to Cameron McDonald. I mean, I think if you start making him throw 10 to 15 yards consistently, that is where he has shown he is not, you know, unless somebody is wide open, unless somebody on the opposing defense just completely whiffs in coverage, drops the ball, or falls down. I mean, I don't know. Um, he hasn't shown a consistent ability to hit guys in coverage, um, you know, from longer than, say, Yeah, I mean, yards. but with a, with so, an offensive line like we have, which is pretty decent, we need to make sure he's comfortable with throwing the ball. That's true. That is true. I do hope that they can kind of um, maintain the level of production – that they have had, because um, that's what worries me, is if they're not decent, uh, he's going to be just having to chuck that thing up there. Well, I, I should say, I, you certainly shouldn't be doing that, but I mean, that's where you start getting throws like what we saw from Sam Howell. Um, you know, he's then underthrowing his receivers, or he's just airmailing passes. He's, you know, got all kinds of issues when I think, um, you know, you start he starts getting flushed out. And so I, I would hope that the offensive line can hold at least with solid production. I was going to say they seem to be one of the groups that has had a pretty solid turnaround this season, you know, at least coming into the bye week. So I'm hoping that that level of production that they've had can be maintained. Um, what I do think, and I'm, I'm really, really hoping we can get him back after this week, especially for the pit game, uh, I think he'd be pretty fun with Jordan Travis is Tamori and Terry. Um, I think he was the very clear um, kind of safety blanket for quarterbacks. I mean, he certainly was for James Blackman. Um, I mean, before, gosh, I can't remember. It was a few games ago, I believe, when he got hurt, which I think was against, I, I want to say Notre Dame. I want to say it was against Notre Dame. We were looking at the receptions for each uh, each different receiver and this is with the quarterback change from Blackman to Travis and I remember being okay is Travis going to be throwing in Terry's direction as much who knows or Tate Rodemacher or whoever it's going to be and he clearly seems to just be a safety blanket for these guys uh before he got hurt he had 50 percent more receptions 
then the next guy uh, behind him in reception total was Ontario Wilson. Uh, Wilson had 14, and uh, Tamori and Terry had 21. And he's also just, I think, so freaking fast, he can extend the field a lot, which for quarterbacks like James Blackman was good. Uh, I think Blackman was a pretty skilled pocket passer, even though he ended up overthrowing Terry a lot, which is, I mean, almost a better problem than him underthrowing him. But um, but for Jordan Travis, I think that his passing game will, will improve a lot, especially in space where somebody like Terry could create a mismatch um, in the middle of the field. Um, I think that'll improve a lot with him coming back. I, I really hope it'll be against uh, Pitt. I'm not exactly sure what his uh, prognosis is there. But, uh, no, I do agree with you. I think the passing game, uh, Travis certainly needs to get more consistent. But I'm also willing to give him a little bit of credit and say, I mean, what is the harm in, you don't want to get too predictable on the ground, but what is the harm in kind of rotating out, you know, Webb, Toa Feely, and Deshaun Corbin here? And, you know, kind of you keep all of them fresh. I mean, neither one of them, none of them's getting more than, say, 10 attempts a game. There's no clear bell cow running back. So I, I think, and let me know what you think here, I think that maybe splashing in a little bit more um, more of those guys uh, on the offensive game plan would be very beneficial. I mean, we can, be a, we can be a team that has a running back by committee, and we make sure we run the back more the whole game. But when Tamari and Terry comes back, he had 150 yards on one touchdown the last game he plays, which you were right, he got hurt against Notre Dame. Our run defense can be our first option and probably will be our first option starting with Jordan Travis, but we need to throw the ball even in the slant routes or give him a shotgun pass, something like that. Our, our, running, back can, our running backs can definitely carry the offense, though. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, it doesn't need to be a – we don't need to be one of those crazy teams like Georgia Southern or Navy or anything like that. We don't need to say, all right, you know, what if we just played without a quarterback? But, um, I mean, I think that, you know, maybe mixing in an extra eight, nine handoffs there would, you know, that's another – I mean, what if you instead had got rid of the 0 for 9, I mean – dud that Chubba Purdy put up and say, what if we just hand the ball off? I mean, especially in a game like this um, where, you know, I understand you don't want people to get hurt. You know, that's a certainly a, a, a um, consideration, but what if you just hand the ball off for times like that instead of just, you know, basically, you know, whiffing on nine plays with uh, Chubba Purdy. There? I mean, I'm like looking at this, I'm like, what was the point of that? Um, I, I do think it was good to get him some game time experience. I hope that that was kind of a, a rude awakening for him. But I think the running backs have been the one extremely consistent part of this team. And so I'm hoping that we can at least see a little bit more of them, especially from Lawrence Tolfili. I'm biased. He's from Pinellas. Uh, I hope to see him get involved a lot more. Uh, I was pretty surprised when he didn't get any carries against, uh, I believe it was North Carolina. But um, I, I think overall, uh, this team's got a good mix. Uh, it's not as clear, I thought, before the season that Deshaun Corbin would be the starter. And he still seems to be getting a lot of carries, but he's not getting the majority of them. He only had 40% of the carries um, against uh, Louisville. 
And, you know, these running backs are still putting up six yards of carry, eight yards of carry, 12, 13 yards of carry for Toa Feely uh, in the Louisville game. Uh, now, obviously, it's not going to be that dominant. But, I mean, we've been seeing good numbers out of these guys. And, like, at a certain point here, I'd say you got to read the writing on the wall. So, um, at least for the offense, that's what I'm hoping to see. And then you talked about it a little bit. Run defense. Uh, defensive line needs to be much better. Because um, Louisville, uh, the running back was who killed us. Uh, exact same thing against Notre Dame. It seemed to be that kid, uh, Javante Williams, who just smoked us, um, especially in that second half. It was like, you know, get to third down and seven. They'd hit him with a little, you know, swing pass out, nine-yard gain right there, and he'd just be carving us up on the ground besides that. So I think kind of those short, you know, or at least containing the running game will be a very important part of this defense. And then obviously just seeing the secondary play better. Uh, I think also Malik Cunningham, that's a that's a tall order for any, I mean, any um, defense to have to deal with him and that offense where they could just go from, you know, zero to 100 real quick, which, I mean, we saw the zero side against Notre Dame when they lost 12 to seven. I was just like, what is this? And then, you know, they obviously put up 48 on us. So, you know, zero to 100 right there. But um, so anyways, I think we just need to see more consistency out of the defense everywhere. And then also I think that, you know, I hope this continues to get better as the season goes on. Just improvements to the team's, you know, overall chemistry, improvements to the way that they interact with each other. And, you know, instead of seeing, okay, wow, Asante Samuel made a huge play again or Amari Gaynor made a huge tackle again. We kind of see some other guys start to make big plays where they're supposed to, um, especially after listening to those Adam Fuller comments, instead of, you know, getting out of whack and they're trying to go over and help guys out, which I understand, but then you need to do what you're supposed to do, hit your assignment, and then, uh, I mean, I don't think I speak out, out of pocket here uh, when I say this team, we just want to see them play more like a team than anything. I mean, definitely, we need to see our safeties show up. We need to see other corners show up and help each other out. Asante Samuel Jr. can't do this by himself, and it looks like he's out there playing by himself, guarding the best receiver and making tackles in the open field every single time, and you don't see anyone else highlighting a good play. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to say that there's no one else making good plays. That's certainly far from the case. But, you know, I think that sometimes you get guys – some, I think some of the guys on this team want to be playmakers a little more than they want to just be, all right, you know, they go out there, be reliable. They don't have to have a sexy game every single game. They you don't need, need to get the interception. You just need to stop the run, stop the pass, and make your tackle. Yeah. And then, then when you get stuff like that coming your way, you know, obviously take advantage of it. But, um, you know, it doesn't. you don't need to make – an interception on, like, a seven-yard screen pass happen. You don't need to blow up the ball carrier and create a problem. Just tackle him. You know, just do that. You know, don't abandon it because you see, you know, oh, uh, all right, Gainer's having issues over here or whatever, um, and then leave it, you know, turn a five-yard play into a 50-yard play. So, um, I mean, I think just we see people on one hand playing more like a team, on another – 
just do their job, do their job. And I, I think that'll be very, I think if we can see a little bit more consistency in that regard, uh, we'll be seeing a lot better stuff out of this team. And then special teams, you know, I just want to make a footnote here. I think we've covered quite a bit uh, in this episode, but special teams, I, I've been pleasantly surprised by the, what Mike Norvell has been able to put up with. It seems like there's always a, a block punt or something crazy going on on special teams. Certainly a lot better on kick returns than I can remember. But um, the kicking game, I mean, that has been just a monstrosity this year for Florida State. I mean, it does not seem like either Parker Grothaus, I mean, he missed the only field goal he attempted uh, against Louisville, or Ryan Fitzgerald, who I believe missed a couple against um, North Carolina. He went like one for three. Um, I mean, they can't really seem like they're, they're, they don't seem like they're able to buy a field goal practically. So um, I don't, I hope that can be improved upon. I mean, but that's a lot more difficult than say, all right, you know, just go out there and kick a few 55 yard field goals. I mean, that's really hard. Um, I have been pretty pleased with uh, Alex Mastromano. I mean, the true freshman putter so far. Um, obviously, I would hope to not see as much of him uh, having to punt. But I do think that, you know, overall, he's been playing at least respectable this year. Um, I don't know. You got much to say about the special teams, Max? Or I know it's, it's kind of an odd footnote. I mean, our partner's definitely been here. good throughout the first game. Our defense is incredible on our special teams actually i think we had a record five or four kick blocks i mean um block kicks our first game and then we had three another game i mean that's something you don't see all the time but we definitely have a have to find an answer in the kicking position yeah no i'm not i'm not sure i if it was five in the first game but i remember there was definitely the two block kicks i think we had i think I we think had there was definitely a block, four block kicks in, in the first game yeah, yeah, four. So I, I was like, yeah, I remember at least a couple. Um, but, yeah, no, they were killing it in that game. So, I mean, that's also – I don't know that it's sustainable for us to go out and be like, all right, you know, you guys just go block up kicks today. Um, but, I mean, when you can introduce that as an element into your overall team, that would be great. So, I mean, I'm pleased with what I've seen so far. So, um, I mean, I think that's hit on just about all the points that I wanted to touch on. Is there much else that you want? You're nothing for now. Just hopefully we play as a team against Pitt. Yeah. So I'm going to go and way, way too early. Um, or actually, I think we'll hold off on that. We'll have an episode next week. So I'll, we'll do our uh, uh, score predictions here. But I'm looking at our games left. We've got a game against Pitt at home. So we've got games against Pitt, Clemson, and Virginia at home, and we've got games against North Carolina State and Virginia State, or North, excuse me, Florida State, Clemson, Virginia at home, North Carolina State, and Duke uh, on the road. So, schedule prediction, what are you going to go with? I mean, I guess I'll go with these next five games. I'll give us two wins, to be honest. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with three. I think we can definitely, we can definitely get three Florida, because we don't we don't play we don't play yeah, I, amazing football teams, but we're also not an amazing football team ourselves. So, 
Yeah, and I think Florida State's made plenty of their own mistakes that, you know, they could turn this into. I think two would be the low end. I think one would be catastrophic. But I think they won't have too many issues against Pitt or against Duke. Uh, neither one of those teams have been particularly stellar this year. Um, I think that if I had to pick one, I think North- NC State could be another winnable one. Uh, but I can also see Florida State doing well against Virginia at home. So, I mean, over Thanksgiving break. So, um, I mean, if I had to pick one that they'll win, I'm going to go with NC State. But, and I think, you know, having those two consecutive wins off the bat, no one's saying that they can beat Clemson. But also, I don't want to get too silly here. No one said we'd beat North Carolina. So, you know, who who knows what will happen. I don't know if – I would be surprised if Mike Norvell really uh, shocks some sense of these guys. I mean, if we so, can get uh, if we can get two wins in a row with Pitt and NC State, we'll see what happens. The ball, the ball be rolling. Oh, exactly. I think the best, yeah, the best conceivable thing for this team would be just, just to have a strong, strong week coming out of the bye, and um, you know, or have a strong season to finish it and look a lot better coming into the next year. So um, I think that's all I've got. Is there much else no, you no, thank got you. on your mind, Max? All righty. Well, thanks for coming on. You can always catch Max on uh, V89 on Mondays on Tomahawk Talk. And then you can catch my work uh, in the FSU and Florida Flambeau. Uh, it's on campus uh, starting every Monday in the white boxes that you'll see. Or it's online every day. So, again, Max, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we'll thank see you for having me. for you next week.